I reckon. Do you know what? It doesn't. I think we're ready to go already. We've two working mics, perfectly balanced. Like all things should. <laughs> nice. Well done. Okay. Well then, welcome to episode eight of. I welcome back, everybody. Reference. Woo! Rob, we're back. how are you? We're always back. I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. I'm sitting here and the sun is setting. It's a beautiful day and I'm inside looking at a computer screen with headphones on. It's perfect. It's Yeah, I, I, me too. You know, I'm here. The blinds are closed. The light is on. It might as well It might as well be pitch black outside for, for all I know. The bleak midwinter it could be <laughs> as far as you're concerned. <laughs> but it's not. And that's all that matters, right? Okay, guys, today uh, we're essentially just going to be doing an entire hour of Avengers Endgame talk. It is all going to be spoilers. Just try it up front. If you haven't seen it, switch this episode off now and listen to episode seven, which is great. (laughs) So do that. But it's all spoilers from now on. (laughs) And even if you've listened to episode seven already, just just go back and listen to it again. That helps. Repeat repeat listens are okay. SoundCloud and all those apps (laughs) can't tell that, right? (laughs) No, 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 no I, not, not as far as I'm aware. First things first, though, we're just going to get our usual little things out of the way. We start, as always, with our internationally world-renowned... World-famous. Rosback, 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 I'm already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rosback, up you go. Basically, my fact from last week was that... I mean, we answered at the end of the episode if anybody actually listened past the... Uh, yeah, music, I was going to say. kind of funny, but uh, maybe people didn't, so... <laughs> The fact was, for me, that Mike Myers was basically not the original person for Shrek and that most of the film was already filmed with a different voice actor. And yours was? Uh, Mine was, approaching completion of the film, 90% of A Bug's Life was accidentally deleted. Rob, was your fact false or was your fact true? True. Because it was not Because, I mean, that's what follows false, (laughs) right? (laughs) True. That's one of those epic Godzilla monsters. Cthulhu. That That's does sound that like is. a Godzilla monster. Um, um, no, mine was in fact false. Ooh. And again, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Because I bet you people had heard whispers of a similar rumor. But it was actually a little bit devious of me yet again but that's how this game is working okay it should be called devious facts should, or mean I fact, think at this point before. it should be uh, trying to pull the wool from under people's uh, feet fact <laughs> will they won't they that's what we should call oh, it that's brilliant <laughs> will they <laughs> uh, my fact was true because Chris Farrelly the late Chris Farrelly was actually mm. most of the way through recording his lines and unfortunately he passed away now Mike Myers is a great friend of his from uh, SNL Saturday Night Live and he took over but he said he wanted to start from scratch so he could really imbue the character with his own personality There's, uh, you can listen to tapes and listen to voices and all that it's all on the internet it's quite interesting it's actually. hard to imagine it not being the Scottish one that Mike Myers put together but I have to ask you do you know if Chris Farley went for that Scottish accent as well or was it just his own riff that was entirely different to what ultimately Mike Myers did? Do you know? So anyway moving on to the next uh, <laughs> section of, of, our, of our show which is <laughs> The great reference game, 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 game. So at the moment, uh, the scores are one to Rob and a half to me because I am taking that half point from last week. (laughs) 
Ross, I believe you're imbuing me with the great reference. I sure am. And now because this is obviously an entire episode about Endgame, it's going to be an MCU-specific quote. Now, this is probably going to be very, very easy. But uh, look, we're, we're, we're here now. We're in the Endgame, as Thanos would say. So let's just go mm, for sure, it. Look. So Will they, won't they? The reference is, you get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm there it is. Guess that one. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna type it down because I will forget to return to this. I mean, I tried my best to go for obscure as possible. I mean, that's probably a hint, but it's not. But I did try and go for something <laughs> that's not just. I could do this all day, or I am Iron Man, essentially. <laughs> Maybe they'd be a little bit too on the nose, to maybe, be fair, maybe buddy. Maybe just a tad. But, uh, Ross, now that we've ended our World Women segments, I think it's very important that before we move in to the big review, I do need to highlight something, if people aren't aware. Ross is a big fan of the Twitter machine these days. He's he's going oh, hell for leather. Hell for leather, so much to the extent that I, I'm afraid he's getting involved in some sort of BDSM cult. I don't know what's happening. I mean, I too am afraid about that. <laughs> <laughs> well that's always been a concern of yours it's just now Twitter has just reinforced that now it's a public now more... it's a public cult <laughs> exactly but folks believe it or not Ross had a tweet that was liked by the one and only Mark Hamill the one and only Mark friend Hamill. of the show Mark Hamill liked one of my tweets <laughs> it's no big deal look maybe next week we'll go for a coffee or and something we say, can chat about it I, it's no big deal guys <clears throat> Maybe he can join your cult. But listen, I think what's most interesting about this is the poetic irony to the entire situation because the subject of your tweet was Mark um, being Mark Spammel, not Mark Hamill, <laughs> because of all the, the, the mess he was doing with, with tweets recently. But you, in fact, also, in turn, <laughs> have been spamming Mark Hamill. That is actually, that is actually quite true, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think you're made for each other, just by that logic. I mean, I don't want to agree with you, but I think me and Mark Hamill are made for one another. I mean, that would have sounded less creepy if there wasn't lots of talks about cults and all this beforehand. But, you know, you you got you to gotta roll the dice and, and it gotta, it's got to land somewhere, right? You do. Particularly when you're dealing with a Jedi, I think. Cult is always going to come up. Amen. But look, maybe maybe someday soon we'll have a friend of the show, Mark Hamill, on. Who knows? I mean, I'm looking forward to that day. I'm, I'm, I'm already hopeful about it. I cannot wait. Probably next week. Maybe the show after. But just keep listening, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Cheap parlor tricks, <laughs> young chap, man. <laughs> <laughs> right just uh just uh let's let's dive right in into this the it, it is upon us it has come and it is still very much here it has not gone and it won't be for a while avengers endgame was released over the weekend and boy oh boy did it deliver oh i mean That's, there is a there is a danger that this entire uh, episode is going to just be us gushing about how good this film was i've tried to remain mm. somewhat critical but I don't know. I'm definitely definitely biased. I mean, I'm biased. And like, like let, let's 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 kick off with the very neutral stuff. Um, review wise, across the board, very positive. Third highest from a sort of a general review and consensus standpoint, critically. Um, second to Black Panther and Iron Man One. So that's not bad company to be in. That is outrageous, is what that is. That Black Panther <laughs> is ahead of this. That is that is ludicrous. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm operating only off Metacritic, but that's a very good gauge of the kind of the whole spectrum of reviews. But again, critical. That's not that's not the general audience stuff. I think the audience general score has been like A plus or A one if you're in Leavenstead, um currency. <laughs> for for critics to like this as much as they did, that says a lot for a movie that really re- requires you to have watched so many other ones, and it, it has a very complicated storyline, you know. But because it's such it's such pure 
blockbuster cinema I think it won most of them over where other Avengers movies have failed and I mean ostensibly it's a part two as well so exactly yeah so it really it just picks up right where the, one, the other one left off but it not only has it it topped the other Avengers movies in terms of just critical acclaim and you know audience kind of fandom it has decimated the box office every single record under the sun has been destroyed by this movie the, that Thursday night where it opened um, in Europe and across the world made like 169 million dollars uh, that's outside of the US in one night. And then by the time four days had passed, it was $1.2 billion in the clear. That's just crazy. To put this in local perspective, this film was showing on Saturday in Cineworld in Dublin. And it was showing uh, 20 plus times. It was on at 7.40, 7.50, 8, 8.10, 8.20. And every single show was sold out. Like it's extraordinary and it just it reinforces that it's a, a cinematic event that even the, the the general joe who wouldn't even go to the cinema they're going to be drawn to this because i got a call from my sister on friday evening saying did, did you just oh, did you just say gi joe no you said general the, joe the, the, the general joe soap is what oh, i meant wow gi joe <laughs> international hero gi joe's here yo joe move on <laughs> i can't I can't move fuck with that. <laughs> He's the next big villain. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, where was I, Ross? I've forgotten. You were saying oh, that anyway. it's a cinematic event that everybody, oh, regardless yeah, but, of your fandom, can yeah, enjoy. Exactly. You don't even have to have seen anything else. Uh, my sister rang me um, on Friday night and said, I have to go see this with a bunch of people. Can you please give me a catch me up? Like, what do I need to know about this movie? First off, I burst out laughing because I was like, have you seen any of the other 21 movies? She said, no. So already she was going in on the back she went, foot. Other movies. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie. <laughs> I thought it was a concert. But th- 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 what's interesting is that I just gave her a quick play-by-play on what happened in Infinity War. That she just needs to know every half everyone's gone. Blah blah. She came out pumped after this. She said it was extraordinary. Like she couldn't believe what she'd seen. And I think this is this is a cultural event. What has happened? This is one of this is probably the biggest cinema release in generations really that you can think of think about how seismic this is you know not to be experienced again for any for a long time i would say this is and and i think it's particularly at the moment because last night the latest episode of game of thrones was on and that seems to have been like a similar cultural moment that everyone's talking about but i think the difference here is that avengers endgame is a pure popcorn cinematic experience the cinema still exists and is still popular for films like this watching this in like an imax or an iSense or whatever is it's an incredible experience because the sound the, the music the screen the loudness even the kind of fact that you're watching with other people and even in, in cinemas yeah, yeah, in Ireland, yeah. people don't cheer and in a particular moments in this film people were screaming and cheering so i think there is that specificness for the cinema that really really suits this film and this film kind mm. of the epicness rises to that occasion and so it should because <clears throat> they kept you know harping on this is the culmination of 22 movies as we will kind of as we unpack this it really was not only just the culmination but it was a real ode to the previous 22 movies that have come before it it was a real acknowledgement to get here we realized that we had to go there that kind of thing so much so they literally go back to where they were spoilers yeah that's but- or sorry, sorry, now to start saying spoilers in fairness. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. 
I just think I think it's it's fascinating that so many people I I, I remember how I was getting petrol on Saturday going back and there was a girl in the shop who was my age and she said I'm on shift duty today because mom and dad are going to see Avengers like this is crazy stuff you saw you, it as a midnight show uh, didn't you I no it was oh, a, it was it was, it was a Thursday evening that the, the midnight Wednesday was booked up so I saw it on Thursday Sorry, so that, I that sounded like dark. such a setup you you saw the midnight what? show right no oh no that was that was me I didn't that did not mean to be a setup question I just actually forgot <laughs> <laughs> well I think. And I think what's interesting is my crowd was a little bit more tempered than I'd say your midnight crowd was. I was the in uh, the Audion Cinema at the Pint in Dublin. Um, and my God, firstly, it was <coughs> jammers. It was crazy. Mm. But again, like I said, I've never heard the likes of it in a cinema in Ireland. People were cheering and gasping and whooping at pints. Like it was incredible. Can I ask, do you like that kind of thing? Like, do you like that 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 kind of level of noise when you're at the movies? Usually, no. <laughs> but I mean, I can't talk because, again, at one point, I laughed so loudly and no one else did that yet again I got people staring at me. No, nobody oh, shushed me this time, though. I, which is interesting because when you laughed in Infinity War, everyone was also laughing. You just laughed a little bit more on a particular occasion and... God, you got reprimanded so quickly. It was phenomenal. It's kind of it's kind of the story of my... Which is interesting because even I was listening to the last episode just to get my fact again in my head and there's a part at the end where you say upon completion, which you also said today, and I just yet again <laughs> bellowed into my microphone in laughter. So <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful with the levels when you're listening back to these. To, to, to just one thing before we really jump in as well, and I, this is this is huge. Because I have seen this nowhere else on the internet, but we, I mean, I'll say, I'll say 65% you and 35% me called the ending to this film almost to the letter on episode <laughs> five of this very podcast. I have a tweet that I picked, that I took a picture of after the cinema that we did, that you put up weeks ago that proves it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, almost to the letter. I, I, like it's phenomenal actually you discredit yourself a little bit there because we actually called the exact start and ending. that's that's very true episode five is what we're referring to when we were talking about it very briefly but there's a 10 minute window where ross you predict exactly the ending or sorry the start like you literally go play by play how it happens and then i predict how the ending goes if ever there was affirmation that we are the soothsayers of the pop culture world we are we are the soothsayers what we say will happen okay which is kind of bad mm. for us because we know how every film from now on will end but you look it's good for every yeah, any listeners true. that we might have who want all yeah, their films ruined for them at least <laughs> at least they're getting enjoyment out of it that's the main thing that is the main thing but i mean like uh, uh, there's a lot of kind of maybe captain america might die maybe this might happen maybe this might happen yeah, but yeah we yeah. specifically said that he's going to go have a choice to save everyone to go back in time and he's going to do that and he's going to stay there with Peggy Carter. Now, the I said he would say a line, I gotta go and dance with my best girl or whatever. He doesn't say that line, but instead it shows you him dancing he, with Peggy, which is he, like he, to the letter, people. That's that's insane. He gets he gets the, not only that, the movie closes out with him dancing with her. Like he gets his kiss and he's he's that that's how the movie ends. Interesting that we started with the end of the movie at the start of this review. Doesn't matter, but we I have to we, get that. We had off to address the that, we had to address that up people top. Yeah, need the, the, to know. <laughs> I mean, there's a little, there's a couple of hints as the movie progresses where I'm like, oh my god, I think I'm in with a good shout here that this is gonna that this is gonna play out that way. And then I won't, we'll get to it later. But then there was a point where I was like, oh my god, before it happened, I was like, oh my god, we've called this, this is happening, and I I knew with confidence that it was gonna unfold that way because of how the the ending of the movie plays out. But um, 
as proud as we are, we do you want to dive into a bit of a review and get, how about some overall thoughts? Get, what, what did you what did you think of it? What's you've you've, you've you had your initial reaction when you came out of the cinema? You've now had some a few days to digest it, which I think is important as well as part of the process. How do you still feel about the movie now? I, I absolutely loved the film, but I love it, and it, and this is why the directors are so clever. It's it this needed Infinity War to be exactly as it was for it to be this successful, for it to be this enjoyable. Because yeah. a lot of the characters, namely, shall we say, Thanos, for instance, uh, don't yeah. actually get a huge amount of development or a huge, like, they don't really have an arc as such. And a lot of the characters don't, actually. But that's okay because Infinity War already gave them that arc. Infinity yeah. War gave Thanos his motivation. It gave us the stakes. It gave us the kind of fights and the... The, the characterizations, people meeting each other, it got all them out of the way. So this film could be a much more momentous, like you said earlier, a celebration of what's been and a real culmination of now we get everyone together. And that wouldn't have been the case because I see a lot of people online are actually saying that Infinity War was a better film for this reason because maybe the story was a bit deeper, maybe it was a bit more uh, cohesive as a story. But I think that was all part of the plan. I, I think the intention was oh, to yeah. have Infinity War do this, lay all this groundwork so that you can pick up in a completely different world, a completely strange world. You know the stakes. You know what can happen. And that's where our characters learn to pick themselves back up. So I, I, I absolutely adored it. It was, it was rousing. It was, it was exactly what I wanted in the cap and stone of the Avengers films. But I, it, it really, really did need Infinity War to be exactly what it was to, to do it. 100% agree. Because you can't pick up where this movie picks up without having had that two hours and 40 minutes of like the... Because like, Infinity War was, was literally what it was. It was all war and action. Whereas this one, Endgame has far more quieter character, far more quieter character moments um, by comparison because it has they they committed to the three hour runtime first of all, so that's an extra twenty minutes of cushion. But to your point, like Infinity War was a Thanos movie. You got a lot of background on him. He was certainly probably on screen the most because remember he he's the one that bounces around the place and encounters all the other characters. So then the rest of the Avengers are splintered, and you just get them at in their specific locations as they kind of come and go. Whereas he's kind of the common denominator. Yeah, Thanos for the is most the driver part. of that story. So that means you you know he's so well established because of Infinity War. You don't need to spend time with him in Endgame. You know how ruthless he is. You know how dangerous he is. That means we can now just focus on. So and to just quickly also add that there's two clever kind of turns to Infinity War. First of all, they got all the Thanos exposition out of the way, and second of all, they consolidated their cast, so they had far less to deal with to give what was remaining far more time to play around with in Endgame, and it was really such a swan song for the remaining characters. So it was so deftly handled to wrap it all up that yes, absolutely, Infinity War is essential to get there but it's an extraordinary achievement for Endgame to have accomplished it ultimately. And it does so in a way that never actually, because at the end of the last one, a lot of people were kind of, oh, it's, it's really worked out well, the way it's just the original Avengers who managed to survive the snap. Never once was that taught in my head. And maybe it's because of the induc- introduction of like Rocket and some of the kind of tertiary characters. So some of the characters yeah. like Korg from Thor and Valkyrie. I, I mean, and Nebula is there and Rocket. So you don't, ever start thinking to yourself oh yeah it is it's kind of funny how the original avengers are the only ones left it actually it, it does such a good job of making you not think about that mm. i mean I, I definitely had a hint of that and i and 
and here's kind of this a similar moment happens in this movie as well but some of the sting of some of the losses in infinity war you know it was the sting was taken out of it because we knew that those characters had upcoming movies namely spider-man and guardians of the galaxy and initially i was kind of like that's frustrating because i was expecting some you know heavy hitting moments where i would never see certain yeah certain certain characters i wouldn't see again but then as the with all the marketing and everything as we approach this movie i was just so grateful that i got to go back for one last time with the original six for the most part because they do get the most time and just properly round out their endings because they did start it all I, like initially i was like oh what it, it's that straightforward it's just the original six and then the more i got pumped out about this movie i was like oh my god i'm so glad they they kept it to that core six who started it all this is perfect this is the way i realize now that i want it, it, it's just amazing any particular highlights for you in there like there, there's so much to talk about first of all it's a time travel movie so it's so different already from infinity war you've got you've you're meddling with time travel so much so that they they're very self-aware that it's a time travel movie because they riff off other famous time travel movies within it back to the future kind of... quite frequently is mentioned and then the second act of the film is essentially back to the future where they're walking around in scenes where their actual characters are standing behind them or standing around them or something. In fact, it, it was so on the nose that I remember the Russo brothers when they were making The Winter Soldier, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, said that they make films in mind of thinking of those, you know, screen jun- screen junkies do those kind of trailer breakdowns. The, the honest trailers, honest trailers where, where they, tra- they nitpick the silliest parts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So th- I was thinking the same thing here. It's They're almost setting you up to think, to know, well, look, we're self-aware here. We get that you're all going to be going, this is a rip-off of Back to the Future. They know what it's like. So they t- say several times in it, this is Back to the Future, by the way. This is, yeah, Even exactly. We're saying it's we not. get it. We, we get it, everyone. Don't worry. It's, it's, not, it's not by accident. But um, you're saying highlights but, for me and, and, and a particular slant that I'm going to come at this from because I'm pretty sure our highlights are very, very similar. So I'm, And there's one in particular that I think you and I want to save maybe towards the end. Yeah, that, well, just... Even I'm going to say that I'm going to let you handle that bit because you're probably okay. going to come out from a perspective we both would. Whereas I'm going to take this from a much more comic book person perspective, you know? Go and for this it. film, that was one of the real joyous things for me. When I was watching Infinity War, I remember the scene at the very start of the film when they're fighting in New York uh, outside the Sanctum Sanctorium and Spider-Man comes out of nowhere and Iron Man's flying around and Doctor Strange is there. It felt, it felt like, a, I was, like there, this was a comic book on screen. Mm. But then this film came along and every little thing that happens in it is so comic book. The introduction of time travel, the, the, the constant, like obviously there is meaningful deaths but there's just certain yes. aspects of it that I'm like, that is directly from a comic. The battle at the end. So everybody finally gets together. Everybody comes back. Everyone's around. And they all, Captain America says the line, Avengers, assemble. And mm-hmm. they all run towards the screen. And it is literally the exact same as a splash page, which is basically in a comic book when two pages are together, but the art goes the whole way across both pages. And it really reminded me of a comic called Secret Invasion where after years and years and years of the Avengers being split apart, there was an invasion by a group of aliens who could shapeshift the Skrulls. They were in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And after all this, they finally got back together. And it was Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor together. And they say that line, and there's a splash page of just every hero in the Marvel Universe. And this was, was that. This was something that only 40 or 50 years of comics coming together could do. And this was a movie, a mainstream movie doing that like you have no idea what that did for me what's crazy though is that people are like oh you know it's it, they're the marvel movies it, it's per- like these are just these are just simple comic book movies but there's a movie there's a there's a line in this and it kind of just to bring you back to like the fact that you've got all these random characters 
working together at the end. There's a bit where Scarlet, oh, I keep going, Black Widow says, don't worry about it, I get my emails from a raccoon. That kind of checks you for, it just reminds you, oh my god, this is the universe that I've invested so much time in. It's bonkers, it's mad, it's bombastic. But because of what they've done with the characters, they've used that similarity, you know, it took 40, 50 years to get to that point, but by investing in the previous movies, letting those character relationships build, letting people enjoy them, they could just unabashedly, literally rip that panel from the comic books I just put it straight to the screen, knowing people would just be jacked to see And it. they can have those moments where two characters that you would never have expected to see together at the beginning of this, where two characters have a moment and have a joke and have a laugh, and you're like, okay, that's cool, I'm okay with this. I, I don't feel like it's forced, I don't feel like it's out of place. Yeah, you, you, know, you know them so well that you're like, this is what they would do. I feel I know them and they would say this to each other in these kinds of moments. Mm. That, well, like, that's the level we're operating well, at. One other one of the highlights that, I, I guess... I think it kind of flies under the radar in what a lot of people are saying about it. But was the, I mean, the Marvel movies typically, in a kind of a negative way, people tend to say, oh, well, they use humor a lot and they have humor in inopportune times and there's kind of a lot of jokes that maybe shouldn't be there. I loved the humor in this film because a lot of it is so bleak due to, obviously, Thanos clicking half of existence away. It's so <laughs> yeah. bleak that you need the kind of jokes. You need the Captain America it has America's ass. You need those bits, you know? And can I, like, and I presume we're similar in the sense. Paul Rudd was really a highlight for me in this. One hundred percent. Like, it's hard. It, it can be difficult for him to go in as silly. Like Ant Man just seems as as crazy as this universe is. For some reason, to me, he seems the silliest. Oh, he, but he is. But far, that's like, that's what they're going for. To be fair, but that's perfect casting though, because he's got far too much charm and comedic chops and charisma for you not to enjoy every time he opens his mouth. Like. That like it's and what's amazing is that, that that whole joke was queued up by Tony Stark, who is normally the quick quippy funny one. And he says, Oh, Cap your ass is, is looking bad in this, or whatever. And that's supposed to be the slam. Then he follows through with that's the ass of America, and it's just so many characters bounce off each other. And then it's Captain so America says it later on. That oh, is the ass amazing. of America. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, our last episode was called Avengers Rear End Game. So I mean, maybe we called that I was as well. Thinking. Maybe we called the whole I th- film. Who I knows? think we did. The rear end game. It has to be. There's too much of a linkage there, I, I would argue. Right, Rob. So now, now that I've said like my kind of, I suppose, my comic booky highlights, do you want to do yeah. yours? Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say from a broad perspective, I think using the time travel element, so just for those of you for some reason who haven't seen it and are listening to this, but obviously they have to go back in time. Ant-Man comes back and they use this quantum technology to get to go back in time and bounce around. And basically what they do is they just revisit other movies. And for me, that is just a stroke of genius. They they used what essentially is a story hook for them to save the day to just let them pay, pay little nods and acknowledgements to other people and characters that they've crossed paths with throughout the other movies. And it is extraordinary the people that show up in this. Robert Redford I, is, is just walks in. Didn't that guy retire? Apparently not. Isn't he like 85 and he's still just acting people under the table? I don't... Like, everything about that was, like, that was genius to me because I was like, oh, time travel... And is it just going to be them dodging each other at liking Back to the Future for so much of this? And then they're they immediately they're like, nope, we're literally going to confront each like Cap fights himself. <laughs> like not only did they not avoid it, they constantly run into each other. Yes, in yeah, this exa- movie. exactly. It wasn't to the limitation. We're not playing to our limitations or whatever. They're like, no, no, we're doing whatever we want here. Because I thought there was going to be just hints of like you'd hear someone's voice, like, oh, that must have been from that time in Avengers when someone was. There. But no, they you just fully see. And meet these other or people. Or do you know the way those movies do it? For it, like it would have Alexander Pierce from the back, and it's clearly some double who looks nothing like the actual actor. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, look at Alexander but Pierce wants to talk I, to you over here." 
that's what I thought they were going to do. I, I genuinely thought they were going to go that way because I thought that's easier. But they just recreated all the scenes perfectly. And you got to see these other fun moments from different perspectives. Like the kind of bureaucracy of after they've saved the day and they have the Tesseract. This whole confrontation between the police and S.H.I.E.L.D. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Even I really the S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, the S.H.I.E.L.D. cleanup crew coming in, led by Rumlaw, who is, of course, Crossbones and from Captain America yeah, Winter like, Soldier and the Captain America Civil like War. And it, but the more, the more they jumped around the place the more I was like, I am enjoying so much just revisiting, even though like, and like you mentioned this before, some bits are play by play, very similar to other movies in the MCU and other scenes, even in infinity war. But because I had that knowledge of how these play out, seeing them from a different perspective, I thought was really interesting. And it was the time travel that allowed that. I ended up like, the more you think about time travel after you've seen a movie that involves it, the more it hurts your brain. But in the moment I was having so much fun and I couldn't believe all the all, just all the fun bits and then of course avengers assemble at the end was one of the most extraordinary pieces of blockbuster cinema i think i've ever witnessed in a big screen i could i could feel the chairs shaking but with just the noise and sheer volume of the cinema but also just the people around me trembling at the, the sight of every single a-list hollywood actor in the world appearing on screen <laughs> in, at the, same in time. the world in, like literally every single a-list celebrity <laughs> in, in the world appearing in their in their comic book hero uh, costumes, just taking on this army, an extended mountain sequence that really is didn't maybe maybe it drags a smidge and becomes a bit CG heavy, but just the heat of that in the moment is just extraordinary. Nebula was a surprise hit for me, really no more than Paul Rudd. She's really good in this, and it kind of leads into kind of there's interesting I think parallels between this movie very, quite cleverly and uh, other movies in the MCU. But it's interesting to me that both of Thanos's daughters are big story drivers in both Infinity War. And Endgame, but different daughters Gamora, each. Yeah, exactly. So Gamora is the is the one that is a huge driving force and arguably the best actor in Infinity War. And then Nebula comes in in this one, and she's a huge part of how the story unfolds in this one. I, I remember thinking that's really refreshing because how do you get Thanos involved in all these scenarios? Will you use his two daughters who have had more contact with the Avengers to kind of facilitate that? And it's and like she was really good at accomplishing that because she even had to play against herself a, a past version of herself. It was all really interesting. Paul Film really does this so well and it's something I wanted to kind of talk to you about because we've talked about this before about different films for instance Sunshine being one of the prime examples because I always talk about this I, I love the idea of a story going beyond the point of no return so at the end of Sunshine they're trying to put a, put a bomb in the sun to explode it but they don't have enough fuel also Chris Evans anyway sorry they don't have enough fuel to yeah. get back but and Bond Killian Murphy and yeah, and James Bond, Killian Murphy, but um, they don't feel to get back, but they still choose to go there, even though it's going to kill them. It's like beyond the point of no return, and yeah. you're allowed to do stuff with a story you can't do anywhere else there. But the whole of Endgame felt like that because the the people that are you know they're dusted. You're like, okay, there's going to be a reset. There's going to be a uh, they're going to go back in time and change that, and everybody's going to be they're going to be back at the moment that happened. But they tell you at the start outright. That's not what's going to happen because Tony Stark has a daughter in this and he's like, no, no, we keep this future intact. And then they're told by the laws of time travel, you can't do that. You cannot go back to that moment and erase it and make everything happy again. So you're in this world now that is always necessarily beyond that point of no return. Like, did you did you get that? Did you feel that? Did you feel a, a sort of palpable yeah, I, tension all the time? Like, it was like they were there. Were, it was like you know, it was like there was a bursting dam, and all they could do was plug the holes at this point. It was like they couldn't go back and fully repair everything. And I thought it was it was extraordinary to me that that's where it picked off that not only was time travel the fix, but they it wasn't a straightforward fix. They could only bring things into the time they were now. They could only return it to where they currently are, the situation that they're in. They could they couldn't just zip back 
to the end of Infinity War where it all finished up and just quickly fix it there's there. no it fixing there's only repairing if that kind of makes it, sense yeah yeah and it's interesting that that's and it, it it makes for far more desperate movie like there's real scenes of desperation and willing to do absolutely anything to pay the ultimate price to, to succeed which normally doesn't pay off or doesn't last in other mcu movies boy oh boy does it last in this one well we address kind of how the main characters sort of started and ended up in this because it's a fascinating kind of unfolding given how the universe normally starts yeah yeah i guess it is like to talk about kind of you know you can't change what's happened and like that's a very important point you brought up like they they, they have to they have to return to that stage you know if they save the day and they bring everything back the consequence also is if you lose people along the way getting to that you know conclusion that result you have to leave them behind They're you gone. have to leave yep. the people you've lost because if you try and go back and fix them then inadvertently then you're affecting the, everyone else that you save because you can't you can't have it both ways and the movie kind of tries to make that pretty clear but, that, but I, I love that i love because that was a real sense i was so afraid going into this film and all the press was out there and there's a lot of people talking about time travel I was like, great, they're going to do it. They're all going to, it doesn't matter what happens. Even at the end of the last one, you're like, it doesn't matter because there's going to be a reset button. That did not happen. And that is so crucial to why I enjoyed this film so much. There was no hard reset. And like characters paid the price of that. Most surprisingly for me anyway, Black Widow dies. The, the, the way that- the film was set up. like It's, it's Hawkeye changes to his character that doesn't get named but he's called Ronan and he goes to Japan and kind of kills people and he's hunting the criminals and stuff and because of that he becomes really jaded and people are like I can't believe he's become a bit of a monster the moment happens where it's a choice between Black Widow and Hawkeye so the rules of filmmaking would say because Hawkeye's kind of gone off the rails and gone a bit bad he's going to be the one to sacrifice himself right that's the rules of Mm. filmmaking surely that's what you think he seems like the worst person now as they stand uh, black widow's running shield or what's left with the, the the avengers program doing her best to make up for whatever everything else they've lost she's trying whereas he's just completely forsaken the world that he's he's in and he's just gone on a rampage he's literally a, a serial killer at this point you could argue they're bad guys but he seems certainly in terms of how it's portrayed black widow is doing so much to make things right whereas he's just off the rails altogether yes she's the one that pays the price by choice crucially what worked so well by having the, all the setup in Infinity War is that you know when they go to Vormir. I was going to say. One of them yeah. has to choose. So you know all along, you're like, oh God. Oh my God, they're going here. Yes. And the two characters, specifically I, when it's them, are relating moments they had in the past that was mentioned in Avengers about Budapest and so forth. And you're like, oh God, I know where this is going. And that makes it fascinating because obviously the first time you watch, you're like, what is this Vormir place? Never heard about this in the MCU pr- prior to this and then as it unfolds you're like oh my god is he going to kill us you know everything that happens in that scene is a shock whereas the bigger shock here is that you're like oh my god they've been sent here together and they don't know what happens and that was interesting to me because Nebula knows how you get the soul stone sort of she knows that Gamora was lost to get it yet she it, that was a bit of a wrinkle for me I was like did they know like did Nebula not tell them that one of them is going to have to sacrifice themselves to get that stone that was a bit of a weird part for me but maybe I, I guess she didn't know exactly how she got the stone I mean Thanos could have been like yeah. jump I just killed her and I got the stone yeah, yeah that bitch but I think and like they, they really toy with with viewers in that scene you know with um, I'm specifically Hawkeye and Natasha because the t- two of them both are so ready and prepared to throw themselves off that cliff to die it's unbelievable and they keep stopping each other and it reminded me of they've had when you think about that, again, like, this goes back to these parallels with the other movies. They, even though they're, they're they are closest, you know, to each other in terms of 
the overall Avengers collective, they always have little scuffles. Yes, yeah, because the they movies. did in the first the Avengers Assemble as well. And they do in Civil War. Oh, they do in Civil War as well, true. Like, there's there's these little parallels which I think are really interesting. And everyone, I think, is thinking, not only they believe it's Hawkeye, even though he's got a family, he seems worse off, but he just seems like he deserves to die more at that point in That's time. That's what I'm saying, the rules of uh, filmmaking and and the way it's filmed when he does that run and he just bounds you, uh, off. You're like, oh, well, that's it. This is excellent. Yeah, he's done this it. is excellent. And still, she catches him and then it's just... But can we also just say, that Vormir place, both Gamora and Black Widow, huge characters, both actually died in the canon of the films actually died there that is crazy and they reinforce it because they say you cannot bring someone back if they've died for the soul stone bruce banner literally goes i tried to bring her back i could not bring her back so it's like the rules of getting that stone mean they are gone forever but again buddy series big theatrical releases hollywood and all that we know she has a movie coming regardless of whether it's a prequel or not it'll the, definitely the be edge. a prequel I, i'm definitely not going to bring her back yeah i think she's they really they're really but really she will up. still be back on her screens so still takes it's not like she's gone forever like that you know it's it takes this the impact a little bit away so from, do you think the, the loki impact then is taken away um because he makes a cameo as well <laughs> very he makes a really funny clearly just going off to my tv show now <laughs> yeah ah. just straight back to tv amazing and you and i kind of speculated that he this could have taken place well before any of the Avengers even existed, the TV show, because he's thousands of years old or whatever. Yes. But it's funny that they're just like, no, this is how we got there. So we it's got one moment. piece of speculation, one Rob. Okay, let's let's not let's not just focus on that. Let's let's not dwell on the one piece. <laughs> but I think it's interesting. And just to quickly round up the the Scarlet Witch thing, I think people were kind of bummed that she went. But to be honest, it makes a good move. And I, I, I the more I thought about it, the more it makes sense. She feels guilty for what she's done as a Russian spy in the past. Like she feels bad about that. She's always trying to everything she does as an Avenger is to try and to do good, to sort of do due diligence for all the crimes she would have committed as a spy, as a lethal spy. Yeah, redemption is her arc, and this was the ultimate that was act her... of redemption. Because not only did and she, and I think keep that's why it's so good. Sorry, go that's why it's so good. Like to, to give her that closure, she was willing to sacrifice herself to pay the ultimate price to save the universe, essentially works and it also means then that hawkeye still has a family to go back to even though like he was just killing bad guys i guess even if he was mo hawkeye the serial killer uh, you know she had very little to go back to other than shield and even then what she did before was bad so this is just this gorgeous arc for her to wrap up as one of the originals and i mean i i, think I, it's quite... I was 100 percent sure she would survive i did not for a second think she would be one of the casualties nope no, not going in and you know what actually what's interesting as well to me i i was watching a lot of the press tour stuff afterwards now that i've seen the movie and I was just struck by Scarlett Johansson and all the press stuff kept reinforcing more than I've ever seen any of this stuff before how nervous she was about spoiling stuff. And this was obviously it. Fat Thor. How did you find that? Absolutely like, about- loved it. And again, it's the same thing as the as the whole dust thing. The commitment. There was no... T- like, he didn't... I thought at one point maybe he was going to grab the hammer and be real buff again. But no, it's like, yeah. oh no, he's fat now. He's fat Thor. That's him. Everything about him is, has become sillier and sillier. I think he's been left, for me personally, in the strangest situation. Even though he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy, like he's just left as this sort of wandering, aimless, fat Thor who doesn't seem to have a purpose I would argue anymore. the most interesting going forward because they play off each other so well. And he built the relationship with Rocket and Groot. It's a good fit. Not only that, another parallel. Uh, in Infinity War, uh, Star Lord and Thor are riffing off each other because, and everyone's saying, "God, look at how look at the, look at how sexy Chris Hemsworth is as Thor. Look at it, look at how, what good shape he is." And now he's the fat. I didn't one. even think of that. And now he's the one. He's the schlub. That is great. And Star, 
like I'm not missing there there are parallels here by design that I think are phenomenal that the more you think about it the more that we just start you know cropping up but from I, nowhere, I, I did I did say that to you tonight in fairness like I mean I think that the films are essentially just reversed order of one another I, I wouldn't be surprised if you go check the run times and like the kind of big battle towards the end happens in similar moments and they first go to Vormir at similar moments and things but I guess that's mm. the point in a way you know that the Infinity War was Thanos getting the stones from his perspective and then this is the Avengers getting the stones from their perspective and each is the victor and having a great time doing it successive oh, yeah. story just about but like but Thor's character even in his like his is so silly like he's, he's so silly in it he's playing video games he's drinking beer he's a he's a schlob and then even when he goes to um, I was going to say Atlantis Asgard it's not Atlantis Asgard fucking hell Jesus. me credentials went out Jesus. the door there for a second <laughs> we um, know what we're talking about here right <laughs> What, do we? I don't even think so at this point. I'm clueless, clearly. I thought I knew where they were going to go and they kept fucking sidestepping me. I knew the ending. I didn't know how they were going to get there. But, like, he... he even Natalie Portman's coming back. I was like, why? Hey, what? <laughs> that was leftover footage from Thor 2. But Thor, when he comes back, he's really panicky. He is not the guy we are used to from And he never becomes he... that guy again. No, which is so interesting. To your point, this is that's a good thing. And I am... Like, I'm actually happy we, we will get to see... Like, obviously, we'll have to get Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And I am 100% on board I mean, that. there is a comic sounds, called Asgardians of the Galaxy. So that's... Which he even says. Like, talk about embracing your comic hey, It's not even a saying. hint. It's not even like a slight... A wink and a nod. He literally... Yeah. He might as well hold the comic up and be like, Oh, in Asgardians of the Galaxy, Volume 5. <laughs> but, like, he, he's... Certainly, and it's funny how that character has evolved just for both the actor and just, you know, in the whole universe. How he was very stoic and stupid and brash. And now he's like this, he's charismatic, he's hilarious. He's, he's such hilarious. a good comic actor, to be honest. He really it's amazing. Is. The Fortnite stuff, which I initially hated the look of, the more he started participating, and I was like, this is very funny. And then again, that exchange with Star-Lord, they are just going to be rife with laughter. Like him, them bickering over who's in charge. Oh, it's so good. And it, it, we're so invested in this because we've known these characters for so long that we know how they will, like we know how it all works. And to be fair, it's not like he didn't have his big moments, in, not big being the opportune word there. <laughs> but it's 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 interesting, like he 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 has his hammer, he, he has lovely closure with his mom that he didn't get. Talk about fixing a problem with Thor 2. They give him closure with his mom. That's so amazing it's, stuff. It's so interesting because I was just about to mention Thor 2, right? Like the, the Thor character changed because the reaction to Thor 2 was so bad and so negative that that character really was just going down a path that wasn't enjoyable. Not a terrible movie, though. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I terrible. think it is a terrible movie. I don't think it's that bad. I, I think it's just by numbers. I just think it's very safe. But it is the it worst really of all the Marvel movies, I, I would say. Uh, are we counting The Incredible Hulk in this? Oh, you're right. I always forget about that film. But That's... I still think it's probably worse. But... <laughs> oh, okay, <point>. okay. <laughs> Thor is now The Incredible Bulk. <laughs> how did not, how did it not use that line? Surely Tony Stark would have said that. Just to get to my point, it's it's interesting because Tor Two was the one where kind of Tor people didn't enjoy it. Yet that's the one that they focus on for this film. But I guess that's where the ether is as well. So they 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 were looking to get the Infinity Stones in parts where other movies featured. So that's also the reason they returned to. Well, Tor I mean, two, they could have got well. two of them off the collector. But anyway, let's let, let's not. Ah, yeah, that's so sketchy. That it just a man with a shop of Infinity Stones. They're just like, let's get these the yes, hard way. Yes. Like, yeah. 
It's like, welcome to my Infinity Stone shop. Um, I'd like to buy one Power Sun and one Ether from you, please. I literally have copies of them all. You can have all seven, and more <laughs> yeah, if you exactly. want. Actually, there's a th- I didn't even think about that, but that's somebody who didn't come back at all. Was was that character? Oh, let's let's revisit some of these cameos because I have a list of them here and it's extensive. We mentioned Alexander Pierce, Robert Redford, incredible. We've got the Shield agents, Romulo and Sitwell, Meek and Korg as well from the Thor side of things. Oh, um, Korg again, are, excellent. Howard the I, Duck, like, incredible. Is Howard in the, Duck. Apparently the fight he was in the scene battle at the end. Yeah. With a gun or something. Yeah, with a gun or something. <laughs> Ludicrous <laughs> like Amazing. The Ancient One shows up. Completely blindsided. Oh, well, I, like, that's a film I don't hugely think about. And then there, there she is right there. And she was quite good in it as well, actually. I mean, Tilda Swinton's very a good actress. And, so. and actually, yeah, she's very good. And just even how there's a lovely moment in there where she reinforces the importance. Doctor Strange's understanding of how this plays out, she really reinforces that. There's a heavy hint in there where she go, you know, she's not giving Bruce Banner the, the stone. The time stone. She's not giving you the time stone. And then he goes, oh, but fucking Doctor Strange said he'd give us that stone. And then she's like, he said he would. It's a little bit cheesy. She goes, he's the best of us, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, I think he's a bit of an arrogant dweeb. Ah, come on. He, he was the, very uh, good in Infinity War. Oh, oh great. Yeah. Two, 50% of the time we've seen him, he was he was good. And then the other time, he's, he's very bland. But um, I think... That kind of emphasis on the importance of the plan and just how she features into it and her understanding, it kind of, you appreciate and you're just willing to invest more in this whole logic of this time travel thing because she kind of gives it a pass as well. You know, they, they cleverly reinforce it, I think, throughout the movie. Obviously, you a have lot of Peter star- Quill singing his song from the first Guardians, which was uh, one of my favorite moments of the entire so movie. Like, do you do you wonder like like because they had to go back painstakingly recreate those scenes from those movies like rebuild the sets do the costumes match it up as best they could um and i think particularly the 2012 avengers stuff is a real testament to that because honestly i forgot that chris hemsworth and tony stark filmed this now as opposed to back in 2012 when they refilmed like when they did their little bits that is just a stroke of genius him singing without the music that movie is so famous for the soundtrack and then they take that away and that's what you're left with it's brilliant but i got a great cameo for you that basically oh my, everyone go for missed it. the funeral at the end so look again, I, I know who you're talking about well oh, oh, i'm sorry rob you know who i'm talking about i know who you're talking about i i know things every now and again yeah, yeah i was I'm listening to this but um so at the end <laughs> there's a funeral now in this scene this scene is basically just cameo central because michael yeah, douglas is there yeah, yeah. michelle pfeiffer is in there for like her second frame that she's existed in the marvel universe but she still exists in the marvel universe don't forget that Thad- um, thaddeus ross is there but the camera pans back and goes through everyone. So Spider-Man's there, all the characters, just, you know, wearing wearing suits at a funeral because Tony Stark is dead. And the camera passes by just some random guy, like 18, 19-year-old. And I think most people were like, "Who? who's this guy? Yeah, it's the freaking kid from Iron Man 3. Who helps Tony through his PTSD. That rhymed pretty well. <laughs> Maybe that's the, that's the <laughs> point. We have Iron Man 3, we got this idea, but we just need something that rhymes with it. PTSD. Done. <laughs> Done. It's in the film. It's in the film. Easy. But it, like, I thought, I, you know, I did assume, I didn't know and, like straight up, but when I saw that kid, I, I assumed that that's who it was because I, I recognized everyone else. I was like, who else could it be that knows Tony Stark from the movies that we would have seen? Because obviously this is kind of a bit of a fan service to Tony Stark sort of situation. Well, for a um, second, I was like, are they going to do a, you know, a, this is a mutant or something or this is like, Reed Richards is standing there or something crazy like this. Oh, Jesus. I would have hated that. I would have hated that to too honest. because it's not about that. It wasn't about that. It was about and what came You know what? Fair play, to them for, fair play to them for just not doing it. <laughs> for not 
caving and, and just going, here are all the X-Men. Here, oh, It's X-Men time yeah, now. Yeah. Wait, just you wait. It's X-Men time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we need more people. Wait, wait a second. Here, Here's more. And it's just like all the X-Men, got, yeah. all their outfits and Magneto and everything. <laughs> I've got these four people coming and they are fantastic. Yeah, you know what uh, <laughs> Brilliant. So here's the thing about it. That's <laughs> like... <laughs> I know uh, I, I'm stretching a bit here but I think Aye, you like these people nice <laughs> but, tell me this before we move on but did you enjoy how Sonny Tony Stark wrapped up very quickly how did you find finished out in this he dies uh, he's dead perfect he's gone incredible what they did with his character in this film it's great stuff but from start like, to they, finish they, from his initial kind of not like when he first appears on back on Earth and yeah. he's like screaming at Cap and he's like this is your fault and he's like he has that weird Captain America original looking tin kind of thing about him yeah he's all go- he's he's frail he's lost all the weight he's, he's been starved he's delirious it's amazing stuff. the way they give him a daughter they give him a reason not, not to, go, to back. go back yeah then he does and there's a lovely sense that that the reinforce like he can't rest until he knows the universe is safe ultimately then when he dies there's that moment where pepper said and i liked this i found this quite touching which says you can finally rest now and they have kind of kept that theme throughout where he's ever since i blame scarlet witch frankly for all this panic that he has yes, because ever true. since she infected his brain he's really struggled with the thought of the world being invaded by this guy he had to go time traveling because he wouldn't be able to rest knowing that he solved it and the only way really he could be at peace is by being dead knowing the universe was safe which i think is quite powerful and a good way for that character to end because he did start as a munitions profiteer so yes probably not a bad outcome for that guy considering uh, all things but just to close him out with you know the whole Thanos, I am in- inevitable. F- very heavy-handed Matrix. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> play. By the way, I, I I found. But then to give him the I am Iron Man as he's about to snap the stone, the whole Infinity Saga comes to a close. It started with Stark, and it started it with, with the end of Iron Man when he says, "I am Iron Man." It amazing stuff. And then to like, bring I back to Happy say, Hogan for a few minutes, John Favreau, the director, again started it all off. It's so. It's it's so very poetic for that character of the legacy it created. Like, mm, and look, he got two hundred million for these two movies, so he's grand. He's okay. Tony, Robert Downey Jr. Be and his character, but... his character was brilliant. <laughs> to be fair, he he Iron Man was so good. And even in Civil War, oh, I think absolutely I think that character really really came alive. And since then, oh. I think he's been much better for it. I would argue a better, certainly a better performance, more meaty performance than like Captain America had to give in Civil War because you know of what Tony Stark had to go through that. But very quickly, one last thing, just the way. Um, Tony Stark knows that there's one chance that they, he keeps looking at Doctor Strange he keeps going we do that we get this we win once right and Tony's, and Doctor Strange is like no I can't tell you because it affects it I'm not telling you how this plays out and he goes but this is the one and then at the end there's this knowing look where Thanos is about to snap his fingers Tony Stark looks at Doctor Strange and he holds up his trembling hand with just this you know one chance we have here and there's this amazing moment where Tony Stark accepts oh my god it's me I have to do this for us to win and there was, I thought the huge payoff for me personally, that he's like, he realized what he was going into very cleverly. And it's again, it's not like the brawn that won the battle there. He cleverly took the stones off Thanos and then saved the day. I, uh, amazing but the stuff weight of that moment, because again, he has a daughter. The whole thing was about, he wasn't willing to let current yeah. present go. He was the one He finally about... has something to lose. He properly has, some, yeah, outside Spider-Man, he finally has something, and they have a lovely re- reunion. Oh, they have Spider-Man. such a but, good one. And again, Tom Holland, for the few seconds he's in this film, brings his A game really really brings mm. his A game. I thought he was great at that moment when Tony does die but like you said I loved that Pepper Potts moment when she says you can rest now you can rest now it was just oh my god it was it yeah, was powerful. so touching like but Ross for you and I not the most satisfying end for a character dare I say 
no, but before we get into this, and here's the thing, I've gushed about this film so far, but I got to talk about this character before we talk about Cap. I want to get your quick opinion on it first. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think this is where the film does slightly fall down, and it was something we touched upon before. It's the Captain Marvel problem. Oh, I thought she was grand in her own movie, because it was just her. She, Ross, she, she, the problem was she came in and did the thing that we didn't, we, last, last time we talked about how, we criticized how, can she literally just fly in, destroy a spaceship? like a knife through butter and then that's <laughs> that the exact thing happened <laughs> and then that happens Re- really bugged me and at a moment when it was so the stakes were so high intention was so there that's when it happens and not only that we were like oh but they'll probably find a balance in terms of how powerful she is we remember we were saying she'll have a scuffle with Thor Thanos will still be able to best her there's a bit where Thanos full on like headbutts her and she doesn't even flinch it's that thing of the dramatic tension is just just dissipates then because even when Tony Stark clicks his fingers and everyone turns to dust I mean she probably could have just done that I mean she probably could have just flown through them all anyway like (laughs) 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 like, don't even bother Tony Tony used this one out bud but also she was a very mean kind of sharp coarse character in the movie the whole way through she seems really jaded and like and in fairness I think I think the problem was is that Brie Larson had to act that before she filmed uh, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt here, but she had to before they actually wrote, even before they'd finished the script for Captain Marvel, she had to perform in that movie. Like she had to just commit to something. And given that the stakes were so grim, maybe she decided, look, this is the tone. Go I'm going full on for. grim, and, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and she didn't ben write grim. that character <laughs> hey. either. <laughs> we're back to the we're thing. back to Fantastic Four. Uh, that was a reference. Fantastic Four in the film. That's it. Like I just thought it was interesting that that's how, like you. Probably, I assume you didn't enjoy when. Particularly when she came in and saved the day. Not, but she, she did kind of come in and just save the day with the ship. She just destroyed. She obliterated that ship. One hundred percent. And I like look I, I, again. It's like I'm saying the the drama and the tension subsides when you have a character there who can just come in and overpower anything on screen. Again, it's the and Superman it, problem. Yeah. What do you do with that character? It was almost worse because they write her out so poorly. It's just like, oh, wh- wh- where are you? Where are you? We need your help. I'm just. I got other stuff to do. What do you mean you got other stuff to do? Like, come on. This is a movie. We need you in this movie. Like, it's kind of like they shoot themselves in the foot. So much so that when every Avenger in the world came back on screen, I forgot she wasn't there. Didn't even notice that she wasn't there. That's the effect it had. She doesn't even appear with the rest of them. So she's never really fighting alongside them, you know? And yeah, she, she's not part of the Avengers Assemble moment. Exactly. She's, she's you need that distanced. camaraderie. It's like they're almost distanced yeah, the character themselves, which, again, don't do that. Like, may, I, I know I don't want them to give her a MacGuffin, but this is the problem of just don't make her that powerful in the first place. Don't make her that strong because she could be so interesting from her background and everything. Just And I, I just think it was a case of the, the way she was written, it wasn't fleshed out enough. And I think that's the problem when you have a movie this busy, but she is that important to it. Yeah. You know? I'm, look, I, I, as I said, Captain Marvel in the comics is one of my favorite characters. She's absolutely brilliant because she has lots of flaws. She has like, she's not unlimited in her power. She's really strong, yeah. but not that strong. And she even like Tony Stark, she becomes an alcoholic and she has a lot of depth and things. But this, ca- yeah, this version of her stuff. has no weaknesses. Like literally. No, and it's all snob- and it's all snobbery. Russ, like all she does is like, Oh well, the Earth's got the Avengers, and I've got all this stuff. Like, uh, there's so many other plants that need my help. Thanks for having. Like, very much. Like, there's even a bit where, like, hey, maybe we might see you. Maybe in a month. Will we see you in a month? No. You can feck right off with that. Yeah, that's like, like ah, I mean, the way the ca- if Thanos uh, is back again, here and I see a spaceship, I might come down. I mean, maybe. Way the character was written, written was kind of strange. You know, it was very coarse, very abrasive. You just not the way we're used to seeing the rest of the Avengers bounce off each other. And I think you know, you're protective of how they 
are treated because you love those characters so much so that when she comes in and she's all strong and powerful and opening and telling people what to do, the fans are not going to respond to that as much. Exactly. And beca- because say- you leave it till the last film and you know how much they've lost and how hard, they- how hard they've fought and then you have somebody coming in going, well, you got me now. I mean, even if that was Thor who had done that, I would have hated that. Like, I would have been like, shut up, oh, Thor, you know? I, oh, man, if Tony Stark had said that, I would have walked out. <laughs> you know, like if it came in with that kind of, that kind of cheekiness. But did you see, remember at the start that yeah. Black Widow is talking to four people, talking to Nebula, Rocket, uh, Okaya, War Machine, and Captain Marvel and Holograms, and they're all saying yes. they're going to different places? Yeah. They all go away, and then Captain Marvel turns to Rhodey and says, hey, you take care out there, and he like gives it his kind of nod. Because in the comics, they get together, so they have a relationship. So obviously that's a nice, oh, nice little reference did, to that there too, which I, th- I enjoyed. I, I spotted it. I spotted it. Kudos to you. You are our comic book um, maitre d'. I'm going to call you that. Now we got to go to what we're here for, Rob. <laughs> the main... I mean, our, our very existence hinges... Well, certainly the existence of this podcast hinges on this... No, no our, our very existence. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But listen, we have to... I think we agree. This is such a Cap movie, despite it being an Avengers movie. It's incredible. Everything Cap in this is gold, as far as I'm concerned. Captain America is such a hero, and everything about it reinforces him as... Like, he kind of snuck up through the cracks. People were like, oh, Tony Stark is slick and cool. He's really funny and quippy. And then you've got this spy and Hawkeye's got his... And Thor is like this hilarious god of thunder who doesn't understand the world. And slowly and quietly, Captain America has literally and figuratively risen through the ranks. And he's just now the people's favorite because he is the ultimate hero. Like, it's And I had a conversation with somebody about this the other day, about why... About, you know, because a character who is all the embodiment and is only good is not as interesting as somebody maybe who has, like, tendencies to the ba- the ba- be bad or go to the dark side. And I'm like, I understand yeah. that. But that character, if done the right way, can be even better. Because Captain America is, in, is in a comic, is written by a guy called Rick Remender at one point. And he's probably is one of my favorite interpretations of that character. Because in his inner monologue, he's always like, no matter what happens, you stand no matter what happens. Mm. And like all this shit happens to him and he just gets bet down, but he always stands. This film told that Captain America without any need for internal monologue. You know, it just, it showed Cap at his best. That scene, Rob, that I'm going to get you to elucidate on about <laughs> fighting Thanos was just probably my favorite moment I've ever witnessed in the cinema. Couldn't agree more. And of course, we're referring to the bit where Thor, or Thor is battling with Thanos and his hammer, which he's picked up from time. Mjolnir has been left to the side, but also you realize Cap is nowhere to be seen, and is slowly in the in the behind the scenes, the the hammer lifts, and he pegs it at Thanos, and then like it is Captain America. He has lifted Mjolnir. He is he is worthy of it. And it's like I was saying, my the, the viewing for for me was very reserved. Like it was a very quiet kind of uh in terms of there weren't there was no whoopy people were laughing when it was funny but when this moment happened now people were yelping like i the reaction was extraordinary because it means so much to people that is a seismic moment oh i've i've never seen anything the like the history it of these movies in, in a cinema I, in ireland i i couldn't believe what i was seeing just both just experiencing it with other people who were so involved as well but it it was so satisfying to watch him because just what that hammer means as well. Like it's like you have so many Thor movies and Avengers movies where he's anyone who can do it because he's worthy. And and then it even brilliantly resolves that little nudge he gives it in Age of Ultron. Yes, it's in Age amazing. Of Ultron, yeah. 
And you and I have speculated this before with comfort that Cap knew he could pick up that hammer. And Thor knows it as well. I, I And so much so that I said this in the car on the way to this movie. They're all, we're all about Age of Ultron and how it compares and stuff. And I said, I know Cap can pick up that hammer. It's just a case if he chose not to because he doesn't want to mess with Thor and it wouldn't be the right thing or the right time. But that's even paid off because Thor even goes, I knew it when it happened. Yes, and it's exactly. A lovely... That's the thing because if it was just left there, that's one thing. But the fact that he says, I knew it. And it has Thor earlier on grabbing the hammer and saying, I'm still worthy. So it's it's like, referencing that fact. It's letting you know worrying on this too. Yeah, this is like this is the this is the whole shtick with this hammer. Not everyone can pick it up. Like it doesn't matter how strong you are. The Hulk tries to pick it up in Avengers One and he just starts breaking yes, the floor. I forgot that. But Ross, this is another parallel to Infinity War. In Infinity War Thor comes Cap in out being, of nowhere and smashes yeah, up the and place the, and he is the hero moment. Saves the day. And then this time, it's on what a fucking moment it but is. This, see, this moment, I really wanted you to cover this, and I knew we were going to, but this moment, and the reason I love it so much, is not just because it is literally a panel from the comic in uh, yeah, Fear Itself, exactly. when Captain America grabs it and the lightning comes down exactly like it does, but also because it highlights why this film is good and why these are good directors, okay? Because remember earlier on, you were talking about like it maybe sometimes it does veer into being a CGI fest. I don't think it does, yeah. because... There's emotions and there's personalities and there's reasons and there's consequences behind the action. Action mm. without that is just action. There's no point to it. It's not interesting. But we've watched 21 of these films. Captain America is literally beaten down. His shield is smashed. And you're thinking, this is it for this guy. But he gets back up. He stands back up. And there's a moment. It's, it Peels looks like himself a- off the ground as per usual. <sighs> just every time he's the one that just picks himself up no matter what you, you always stand and there's a moment and it's like a painting like a renaissance painting yeah. or something and the sun is kind of breaking the clouds and it's Thanos and his huge army and Cap stands up and he tightens the strap on his shield even though his shield is completely smashed to bits he tightens the shield and he stands against that army by himself Thor is knocked out Tony Stark is nowhere to be seen he's been knocked out as well like they emphasize that it's just Cap against Thanos even when he's fighting them one-to-one. And it just, it kind of reinforces that even though he's not physically the strongest, maybe the, the smartest, it's his sort of fighting and tactical acting and are really well worked when he's got the hammer, when he's got that additional kind of, power, like it, it really sort of reinforces For the me, potential. For me, it's oh not my. even that. It's the will. He has easily the strongest will. Like he is the one who will go until the end. He will not stop until he is stopped, you know? Uh, and it's amazing because and even he and it just they keep giving Cap that payoff. He gets his face off with and, and another parallel. Tony Stark. You would argue that initially def- Tony Stark, I suppose, was the main MCU guy, right? Oh God! But yeah. Cap has now become so important. It's really kind of like a pairing now that the two of them are the the two main of the six. But maybe Tony a little bit more in terms of notoriety. But Cap gets his face off against Thanos in this one. Tony also gets his face off one to one with Thanos. Um, with his sort of skill set in Infinity War when it's just him and his nanotech suit, you know, just by himself. Yeah. There's kind of those fun moments. But he even Cap gets all the the, the the portals appear. And I highly recommend anyone who's interested in soundtracks listen to the portals track. I've listened to it like 700 times since you said it's it to me. It's <laughs> amazing. But it's as like, like there's that lovely bit where you hear on your left, which is a callback from um, Winter Soldier when Cap kept saying on your left to... Uh, Falcon when he was running in that park best part of that is that the day before I went to see the film I was jogging during lunch break at work and I walked down by one of my friends from work and I went on your left no you did not you dirty it was was, was brilliant (laughs) that's outrageous (laughs) 
<laughs> leave it. Just phenomenal. But, and then he gets his, like, they all assemble, and he gets his Avengers assemble. And he, like, the whole thing is staged. It's f- talk about embrace your comic book roots by that bit. Like, you've got this crazy collection of comic book characters together coming through portals, for God's sake. And then Captain America catches the hammer and then says Avengers assemble. It's just pulpy fantastic comic book action that you would not get it's going to be one of those top 10 moments of cinema history like it has to be because 21 years built to that moment you know because it didn't do the justice league or batman vs superman and try to do that in the first goddamn film or or aquaman that <laughs> yeah. horrific you fight under water at the end when they're like the lobsters are fighting the blahs in the water blah, 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 blah. the jowls watch out for the jowls but, yeah, but, but, like, like, we've talked about this a shit about that like you know, you gotta earn these. You gotta earn these moments, and the restraint. We talked about the restraint to not say Avengers Assemble in any of the movies up until now. The restraint to not have Cap pick up the hammer until this moment when it was important. Like the, all these amazing little, and these are comic book moments as well. To your point, like these are from the comics that people are hope like fan service bits that are all, as well that they're hoping to see to hold them until then for you know for the for the capstone. Oh, the reward. The way I can I'll round out was like this. Remember that last Fantastic Four film that was so brilliant? And at the end he says, we're like, we're like a group of four people. We're like the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and then the film ends. I mean, that's almost as good as this moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. That's that. Uh, that's the one with uh, Michael B. Jordan who actually is the Flash in that. Yes, he becomes the Flash. He's the in, human in, torch. Oh, fuck me. I don't care about that movie. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's my excuse and I'm bloody sticking with it let me tell you that much <laughs> yeah right so so the Fantastic Four is The Flash Wonder Woman Spider-Man and Batman isn't it <laughs> and um, and uh, the Italian stallion uh, Rocky Balboa he's in there and Mahawk well. guy <laughs> Mahawk guy <laughs> uh, we got around round cap though because listen he goes back in time he has his last as extremely satisfying to see that by the way the second he's they were like Cap do you want us to go with you and he's like no I'm, I have to do this by myself I was like, oh, this is definitely happening. Oh, this once, is once that happening. scene was there, I said, oh yeah, it's this is it. Here, here it is. It's happening. Actually, when he saw Peggy in the in the 70s when they were in New Jersey in that random scene with Tony Stark when he went back in time, I was like, he saw Peggy again and there was like this lingering look. I was like, he's definitely going back in time. I knew no, it no. actually. I was Even like, earlier than that, when he was fighting himself, the compass, the compass <laughs> falls out with Peggy's face and the other Captain America sees it and says, where'd you get that? At that moment, I said, we're right. It's happening. This go- It's going to happen yeah. in this film. Mm. Oh, that's also a great moment by the way because it, it kind of shows you how much the Cap character has matured in his new future where 2012 Cap says I could do this all day and then 2019 Cap <laughs> goes yeah, I, I know I know I know jeez <laughs> it's, it's so it's, well done and that's a perfect reflection of how people have grown with Cap in these movies because Cap in 20, the 2012 Avengers I didn't really pass any heat and I was like the suit was very clunky silly and colourful <laughs> It, like it, it didn't have the same appeal and then Winter Soldier bursts onto your screens and then the rest is history the, the, but yeah. here's the interesting part so he goes back in time we got that part right but ultimately then you're kind of like okay who's going to be the next Captain America we thought that there would be the TV show between Cap, you know Falcon I was going to say Captain Falcon god almighty I'm all over the place between Winter Soldier Bucky and um, Falcon we thought that there, the TV show would figure out who was worthy enough to earn the shield but in at the end of Endgame, Cap just straight up gives it to Falcon. What are your thoughts? I mean, I'm still saying that that TV series well, co- could still... talk about the repercussions of that. Because in a way, yeah. Bucky was the kind of like, no, look, you take it. As in, he's his, like he was the closer friend, shall we say. He knew yeah, straight but... away Captain America yeah, wasn't he... coming back. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's so interesting. 
but and even when Cap comes back from the future, like Bucky doesn't even go near him. He just tells Falcon, he's like, "Go up. No, you need to go see him." Like it's it's like he knew the whole time. Like, but he knew when thought, he hugged him and he said, "I'm going to miss you." He knows straight away. Yeah. yeah. But like I still think, so. I still think in a way, actually, then what that what the TV series might be is Bucky almost teaching Falcon to kind of the ideals that Captain America believed in and all he learned from him over the years, like. Which is a probably an interesting dynamic, but it's just, it's interesting because Cap, um, the reason why I think you know people would find Bucky. Not I'm saying that he's the right fit, but the neat fit is that Bucky obviously is a super soldier and he is knows Cap from back in the day, so he's kind of got that old fashioned sensibility to an extent. By comparison, Falcon already has his own kind of character set with his wingsuit, but also doesn't does but doesn't have super serum either. So he's not you know he's not. Like, Cap can go around with a shield beating the shit out of people because he's also a super soldier and, like... Can a super soldier? <laughs> or Sean Connery or something like that. I'm our super soldier. The name's, the name's Captain. Uh, Captain America. How are you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's just interesting that they took that direction given kind of how the characters are established. But it's 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 it was nice that it was so definitive as well. He's just like, this is for you. I kind of enjoyed that. I was like, oh, wow. He's like... You've earned this and I want you to be the person. It was a real kind of passing of the baton. The moment of that ending that I loved, when he asks him about oh, the ring on his finger and he says, do you want to tell me about that? And he said, no, yeah. I don't think I do. Yeah. Oh, just talk out from a character moment, the embodiment of that character because that, that's his moment. That's his that's his memory, you know. That's and oh. he's like 120 at that point as well, by the way. Which or like, no, like 105. That's fine. I know it's perfect. But here's an interesting theory that I had, right? So that when he wakes up in the future, the first time, everyone's like, "Oh, Cap, you're technically 70 years old because you know you've 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 passed this amount of time in the world, and you know this is what age he is." And then in Winter Soldier, he says he's 95. Technically, then he reaches 100 by Infinity War, goes back in time, lives all that time again. So I would argue he's technically like 170. That- I mean, that's Just, not that's you know, not untrue. I you know if you, depending on how you appreciate time travel logic. Yeah, because he might freezing. actually be less if you appreciate time travel logic differently. He's subtracting forty years from his life. <laughs> I, I will finish with this in terms of the cap stuff. I think so. The guys who wrote Civil War, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, and Endgame are the guys. They Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. They got their start with the first Avenger, with the first Captain America. That's how they got into the MCU. Many people would argue the way Cap goes back in time, that's the one thing that very specifically might break time travel sort of shtick from a certain, if you appreciate it from a certain perspective. But there's that whole element of, this is an ode to Cap, the guy who whose story got us into the Marvel Universe, the person who earns that character arc more than anybody else, that happy ending, because his first movie end, God, happy endings upon completion. Just anyway. go again. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, the first Captain America movie is actually, it ends very tragically. Oh, he wakes does, up in yeah. it. Like that, that, that final line floors me. He goes, oh, um, I'm, I'm late for a date or I'm late for a dance. You know, that kind of thing. He, the fact that he gets to go back after all this is extraordinary. And it's like a tribute of them to the character. These set of films, they have earned that moment. I am, oh. I don't care. Oh, I, like I really was getting choked up for, for that final dance scene when, it, when it, as it's closing. Like Tony Stark dies and I was kind of like, oh, that's nice. No, it's just, but it's just that moment of, God, he has earned this. After all he's been through, he is, he's just earned this one. And it's really fulfilling for that character. It's amazing. But it, I think it's nice as well that the, the, the directors and the writers, despite the whole time travel messiness, that they still committed to that ending because of, you know, 
he deserves that character deserves Ex- that yeah and that knowing much. that Pete, the fans being fans are very critical comic book fans would oh, be yeah. like blah, 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 time travel back to the future blah, 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 blah. it's like <laughs> uh, you know what we're back, <laughs> we're back to that underwater city in Star Wars again the jowled man but is anyway. back but no I agree oh, it's like, but they were they were willing to look at that and go no you know what the, the integrity of this character is more important to us than that oh yeah and he'd earned it but listen mm-hmm. Overall, I think, look, it's an extraordinary accomplishment just as a movie, the way it balanced all the characters, the way, what it had to do to round out the original six. I think Hawkeye's left a bit open-ended, so they've fun to have with that TV series, but, like, just think about the way, like, Black Widow's gone, like, Hulk isn't as obvious as any because he's, but he's Professor Hulk now, so that, that lends an interesting crinkle to the whole thing. And he's popular. Stark is dead, like, Cap is an old man, Thor is fat, and he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy, so much has been just kind of, like, cast, like, it, it... it's a very different ending to like, like it's a very definitive kind of situation to a lot of the other ones where they're like, well, I'm finished being Captain America for today and I'll see you at the next event. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not Captain America anymore. G- give me the suit back. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was the best capstone to use the word cap again, but it was the, worst, the oh, best yeah. capstone for the kind of films that they were that I could have asked for. Like, honestly, I oh, was not, course. I wasn't sitting there going, I wish this would happen though or like a comic thing it happens this or something I'm like no there was definitiveness there was so conclusions so much comic book stuff in it though for god's sake he says hail hydra in that amazing elevator scene ah! the parallel to winter soldier which was the first the, the first scene the Russo brothers the directors of this film ever shot everything is now perfectly balanced cap is back where he belongs and I am happy That's he has the, the best as as I'm concerned. in all these films by far by oh way. it's so interesting and like, like, and it's funny because like his is salvation, Tony Stark's is tragedy. There's a nice contrast there. It's 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 really good stuff. But I, I want to finish with just one final recommendation for the listeners out there. I implore everyone who's a fan of these movies, particularly the Infinity uh, War stuff and Endgame, uh, go to Google, just type Thanos into Google, search it, and then somewhere on the page you will see a, a gauntlet, a picture of a gauntlet. Click that gauntlet and watch everything unfold on the screen in front of you when That's you were saying, saying go to google and type stuff in i was like oh what is yeah what is go happening to, uh, here go to, go to max xxx type in upon completion yeah, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> i really was thinking i was like oh god rob, rob rob we didn't discuss this this wasn't planned how to join cult and <laughs> that's what yeah. i'm just going like, the cult of hamel <laughs> mark spamel representing <laughs> rob you didn't get it bud Oh, sorry. Hang on. I understood that reference. I know what it is. Oh, yeah, I feel I mean, that's I very late, But okay, yeah, go I know, on. I know. I know what it is. I know what it is. Go on. Uh, okay, so you were you were like you, you you get killed walking off. I know exactly what this is. It's a Captain America quote. It's from Age of Ultron. It's when he's instructing all the Avengers to get their shit together, and uh, he's <sighs> he's got. <laughs> I mean, technically, I should be like, you didn't get it until I said it's good. You didn't get it. But fine, you got it. Uh, okay, give me half a point to yeah, fuck. I knew what no, it was. No, give a full point. It's, uh, it's <laughs> two, two to a half point. Surprise, surprise. Two to a half okay? point. <laughs> also, what do you think? On next show, why don't we do, for like a discussion, <clears throat> our top five Marvel films? Our top five? Yeah. Abs- oh, I love that topic. Absolutely. I love the idea of that one. Ever since now that Game of Thrones and Endgame has come and gone, for, certainly the big moments from for the most part, there's nothing to talk about as far as I'm concerned. And no one said Endgame of Thrones yet, anywhere. Surely to God, that's a thing that people should be saying, no? <laughs> Endgame of Thrones. Um, no, that you need to get out there on the Twitter again and start spamming Mark Hammond with that. I, I, I did say Quit. somebody should do a, a, a Westeros and Go West mock-up called Go Westeros. And I, I tweeted it to uh, to HBO and 
Game of Thrones. And did they respond, did they? No, of course not. <laughs> but look, friend of the show, Mark Hamill, liked my tweet, all right? So let's let's just leave it there. I, I love that this is like it's on your CV. What, 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 what's this? What do you mean? What do you mean liked by Mark Hamill? What, what is this? Oh, well, of course I was like Mark Hamill. He's my friend. I, he liked me and he, li- he liked my tweet. That's what he did. Friend of the show, Rob. Friend of the show. <laughs> hey, I can't wait for him to participate in our world famous segments, which we must get to next. You mean... Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, I'm so glad we yes, both committed to that. <laughs> it's, it's a Ross fact, Rob fact, also known as Mark Hamill's favourite fact. Um, <laughs> right, Rob, I'll let you go first this time. Okay, so we'll do it in reverse order, so it's, so it's Rob fact, Ross fact. Yeah, like, is that okay. reverse order? Is there an order now? I, I decided because I always write it as Ross fact, Rob fact, by the way. I always write it that way. Just it, it rolls off the, the tongue. When I write in the timestamps, I do the first one as Ross fact, Rob fact, and the second one is Rob fact, Ross fact. <gasps> Interesting. I never picked, picked up Mark on that. Fact, so. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Hamill's favorite fact. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not. That's just his favorite one, regardless. <laughs> Hamill time. That's what we call it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, okay, so my fact is this week, Groot, of course, from the MCU. It's an MCU-themed one. Uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy, he can only say the phrase I am Groot because of a disease affecting his species that causes his vocal cords to tighten. How about that? Ooh. Right, mine is also Marvel themed. So, the shield from the Avengers Assemble movie is the same shield from the original 1990 Captain America movie. What do you think of that? Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill, Mark Friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. <laughs> hashtag spam, hashtag friend of the show. All right, well, I guess... Hashtag Mark favorite Hamill spam. Mark Spammel loves the spam. <laughs> I just... I've lost the plot altogether at this point. Mark Spamalot. But yeah, I guess that's us done uh, episode eight. Uh, One we episode. We got there. We got this the is, review done. Yeah. I mean, is it a review or is it just thoughts? I mean, what is a review? You and I read some reviews over the over the weekend and they were atrocious. So I, I feel we did a we did a better job of dissecting. I mean, we've than reviewed most. our thoughts on the film and spoken these aloud onto mm. the but the, ultimately, the, the, I mean, to a microphone. Yeah, Rob, where can they find us, the listeners, if they want to hear more stuff from us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got loads of outlets these days. That's what, so we've got um, f- first and foremost all we, the outlets. We've got se- all the outlets, every kind of outlet you can think of. Um, every orifice, every everything. Oh, and do we do we have? I only have a few orifices. <laughs> oh, I haven't told you about that. Well, I'll explain afterwards. I'll explain I haven't there. told I'll you about. <laughs> <laughs> it's all related back to this cult. It's all a um, surprise, Ross. <laughs> so uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud slash uh, Cap Understands. That's where that's where we put up the recordings first and foremost. If you're really eager to get the recordings first, um, and then of course we've got Twitter. Ross is very active and very famous, and best friends with Mark Hamill on Twitter. You can get us also on Twitter at Cap Understands. You can get us there. We've got the website CapUnderstands.com. That's where all the, we'll we'll put up the episodes up there as well. There's some little news nuggets in there. It's good fun. I think you can also find us on Spotify and and iTunes and other random uh, podcasting websites, which we don't necessarily endorse, but I guess we're on there anyway. Yeah. And uh, and we will never endorse them. <laughs> and if you have any uh, comments or feedback, we welcome them, particularly if they're positive. In fact, only if they're positive. Uh, you can get us at the lads at capunderstands.com. Very official. And if you want to ring Ross directly, you can get him on. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, look at this point. At this point, it's getting like that. I'm surprised yeah. I haven't put my number up on Twitter. Like, just give everybody just just whatever you want to talk about. I'm there. Yeah, I'll yeah. just sit there and Absolutely. snarkily reply to you. 
Mm. Did I get every one of them? Did I get all the outlets? That's it. And That's orifices? It. We're, on, we're on them all, okay, guys. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll be back soon with another kind of maybe Marvel-themed episode. But look, we'll probably have loads more to talk about because, you know, it is mm. us. Um, we consistently, consistently talk over the Lemmers Buster, but that's fine. That oh, is yeah. fine. Perfectly balanced. But anyways, listen, folks, as always, I've been Rob. I've been Ross. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Bye. Woo! See you next time. Bye. Mark Hamill's favorite fact is that he's friend of the show.